as always to be here and to get to share with you guys. Uh, and I'm, I'm honored that we have, as Pastor Jordan said, we have eight different speakers and communicators that go around to each campus, whether it be campus pastors, Pastor Van, uh, Arnie out of Wiggins. You know, we have different people that are speaking and sharing. And uh, it, I love that it gives our pastors uh, an opportunity to maybe pause, maybe take a break, um, maybe just sit back and, and, and soak in a little bit, but I also love that it gives you an opportunity to hear things maybe in a little different way, uh, maybe hear things in a different light or a different perspective, because um, we all kind of have a little, little vein that we kind of stay in, and mine's probably a little bit more of the um, goofier realm, <laughs> as they say. So I'm honored to be here. It's an honor to share with you guys, uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, beginning to do this, and it's, it's a blessing to be able to share to people. It really is. It's not something I take for granted, but it's something that I just love to be able to share, something that I hope at the end of the day when you leave today or whether you're watching online and, and that video ends and concludes, you go, there was that one thing that you said. There was that one thing. I don't, it doesn't matter to me so much that you remember everything, but if you remember one thing that said that, that encourages you, that, that brings you to a different step or a different light in your walk with Christ, that is the goal today. So today we're, we're gonna kind of continue on in the Beatitudes, as Pastor Jordan said. We're, we're going through uh, those first few verses of chapter five in Matthew, and it's the Sermon on the Mount. That is Jesus's longest recorded sermon. And many times when I read this, I'm like, I wanna know what all the rest of his sermons sounded like. Anybody ever think the same thing? Like, what, what more did he say? Can you give me a, another sermon? Has he got a podcast that I can listen to? Do you have anything that I, I wanna hear more of that, those long kind of sermons from him? But it is the longest sermon, and it's kind of his, um, you remember those, uh, like, Microsoft Word for Dummies books? You know, the, anybody? Was I the only one that used them? No, <laughs> was I the only one? Or was it maybe those, the Cliff Notes? If you were, like, went to, you know, when you went to college or whatever, and you got the little Cliff Notes version of the book, that was me. That for sure was me. But I feel like this is what he is, his kind of little Cliff Notes version of what an idealistic Christian looks like kind of what it's gonna look like and how a follower of Jesus is supposed to act and how it is motivated by the heart and not motivated by law or some you know, written form, but it's motivated by our heart for Jesus Christ. And he specifically says in these Beatitudes, he's specifically saying that if you live this way, you will be blessed. That is uh, pretty straightforward, right? If you live this way, if you do this, you will be blessed. Like if I tell my kids, if you go clean your room, I'll give you a cookie. You know, it's, it's that kind of direct correlation. If you do this, you will be blessed. I mean, there's a little difference between a cookie here. But he's saying if you'll do this way, you will be blessed. And the Beatitudes mean blessed. It means that you'll be, be happy. Not just like, you know, you found a dollar in your pocket before you put it in the washing machine kind of happy. Right? Anybody ever done that? No? Like, no? Okay. <laughs> I'm not the only one who leaves stuff in their pockets. All right, y'all don't have to claim it. My wife threatened me this week for something that I left in my pocket, but it wasn't a dollar. It was a, like a screwdriver bit. <laughs> like next time you leave one of these in your pockets, I'm gonna throw it at you while you're sleeping. You know, something of that nature. 
But it's not a, a blessed, like you're just happy you found something or blessed. Or whatever. It's, it's, a, it's an internal kind of blessed that is fulfillment of something that's more than just kind of a temporal thing. Something that's more, not just temporary, but it is you will be blessed if this type of thing. And it is something that's going to resonate deep with inside of you. The Beatitudes are promises that are given uh, only to believers. They're promises that are only to believers, and that, that sounds like I'm, I'm kind of pushing it aside, but in reality, that's exactly what's happening here. He's saying that those who believe in me, if you will do this, this is what you will, this is, you will be blessed. And he's making that very, very specific in that regards, but then that's something that we have to kind of take to heart. If we know Jesus, these are the promises that he has given to us. Internalize that and make that um, part of our, our daily walk and part of who we are. And so today is kind of like a checkup. It's kind of a checkup in what we're talking about today. And we don't always like checkups. I don't. I, I do not like going to the doctor. I'm not a big fan of doctors. I love doctors. I respect doctors. But going to the doctor means you're probably going to get a shot and you're going to have to take some medicine and you're going to have to do something else and tell you to do this. And those things are not always fun. They're not always nice. They're not always things we want to do. But in reality, an examination helps. This week I had to go to have an examination and that examination brought about a reality in my life of this is what's wrong with you. This is what's wrong. This is why your body hurts because that's so the examination that that I went through gave me a, a little snippet into reality of what was going on. But it also provided a relief. So when I had that examination that doctor said, "Hey, your knees messed up. Let's give you a steroid shot." And it's only because of that steroid shot and the grace of God this morning that I can walk. <laughs> that steroid shot provided relief to where that I can actually move. So today, this is an examination. This is a, some checkup moments that we're going to have that you can say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. How can I get relief? How can I get relief? How can I find relief in a life that is filled with so much stuff? How can I find relief? And I hope today that you will, you'll hear that. And if you're in a sermon-based small group that starts this evening, I want to go and encourage you guys, go and take out your, a pen, piece of paper, go and take out your iPhone, your, pull out your notes app, because this week we're going to do a potluck small groups. That means you bring a nugget. You bring a little something that you got today. You bring it to your small group, and you guys blend it all together, and you make one big casserole out of it. You got it? Yeah, that's what a potluck is, right? Everybody brings casseroles. I don't know why, but everybody brings casseroles. I guess they're easy. But this is your week to bring the nugget you guys will be able to share together. So make sure you grab a nugget, grab something that speaks to you today, and uh, enjoy a wonderful time in small groups this week. But today the beatitude is Matthew 5, verse 6. Let's read that together. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Happy are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. I like the way the King James says it, for they shall be filled. I'm a big guy. I like to eat. I love to eat. I like to be full. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be full. Yes. Kind of where I'm at. That's what speaks to me at least. But we're not talking about hungry and, and, and thirst in kind of the general way. I mean, Jesus puts a lot of things in, in ways that we can understand them. He uses terms and he uses uh, stories or he uses things that we deal with so that we might understand what's going on. And we all hunger and thirst. And he's not talking about hunger and thirst like in that moment where, 
I'm going to tell myself. At 10, sometime about 10.45, I'm getting really hungry. You know what I'm saying? And it's not even lunchtime yet, but I'm getting hungry. And I, I kind of pull out my phone and I'm like, hey, babe, what do you want for lunch? Send. And just hope somewhere before we get out of church, she actually sees that text and responds and tells me what I'm going to be eating because I'm really hungry. Anybody else do it? No. Nope. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you there, buddy. I knew nobody would do it except that one lone stranger that would be there, and he'd just be like, yeah, I do that. I'm not talking about that kind of hungry, or I'm not talking about the thirsty that your kid says in the back seat, Mom, I'm thirsty. And when they're really not, you just got through eating dinner. You, you're fine, I promise. He's not talking about that kind of hunger and thirst. He's talking about the, this pinching toil of hunger where you haven't eaten all day long and you've been working and you forgot. Maybe you did a workout or something like that and your stomach is just is gripped, almost cramping to a point of pain. He's talking about that type of hunger pain. He's talking about that thirst to where you're, it's sinus season and you slept with your mouth wide open all night long. Your wife hit you with the pillow all night long because you've been snoring all night long. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning this week and literally just went straight to the refrigerator. I don't like to drink a lot of soda, but man, I just crushed a whole Coke Zero and I felt good about it because I was thirsty. Couldn't move my mouth kind of thirsty. And this is what he's talking about. He's talking about you're hungry, you're thirsty, you gotta have something. And he's saying, blessed are those who are hunger and who will thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, for they will be satisfied. We should hunger and we should thirst for righteousness. As believers and followers of Christ, we should hunger for righteousness because that hunger for righteousness is a characteristic of the followers of Jesus Christ. For those who follow Jesus Christ, this is a characteristic of who you are, that we should live and we should be people who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we could talk about righteousness kind of in three different ways. We could talk about spiritual righteousness, which we've been talking a lot about over the past year, two years, going through the book of Romans, going through a lot of things. We've been talking about spiritual righteousness, which is mean that we have been made in the righteousness of God. That God, we have accepted Jesus Christ in our life, that we are in right standing with Jesus Christ. That spiritual righteousness, we've been really hammering down quite a bit, and it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. We can talk about moral righteousness. Because we can talk about once we have accepted Jesus Christ in our life, that because of his love for me and because I love him, we are now transformed and our desires and everything that's within us wants to be transformed to be more and more like him. It's part of our mission statement that the spiritual side is we know Christ. The, the, uh, the moral side is that we grow in Christ. We are growing in Christ daily. We are growing and growing. That's that moral part of righteousness. But we're also talking about social, social righteousness. It's the um, caring for the injustices of the world. And I love that we are a part of a church that supports ministries that takes care of things of that nature. We talked about it just today with abortion. We talked about the Women's Resource Center. You're giving supports ministries that we are able to in this church. You may not see us all out on social media blasting everything that's happening around the world, but your, your daily support and your support of this church and supporting other ministries who are out there blessing and taking care of the needs of young women around, around the Gulf Coast. You see it in human trafficking, 
the terrible, terrible thing that's happening globally around our world. And you, we have ministries like Advocates for Freedom that we're able to, to bless and to share and to partner with. And you're a part of that. We have ministries that deal with abuse and addictions like Home of Grace. That thousands and thousands of men and women that are coming that are being blessed and they're being nourished and helped because of your faithfulness, because of what you are doing. You are a part of that. These, these areas of righteousness are all things that, that we're longing for them to be satisfied. We're longing for them to be, to be quenched. We're longing for them to be uh, always okay. But on this side of eternity, it's not gonna happen. On this side of eternity, there's always going to be things that we're gonna deal with in our own sometimes moral side. There's always gonna be social injustices that are happening and we pray that they won't. We pray that it will get better, and I believe that, that it will. I believe his word tells us that it can get better, but there's always gonna be something because on this side of heaven, we will be dealing with that, and it will never be satisfied. But that is the, the goal and what we are, are longing for. So today, one of the, the kind of the, the quote that's gonna kind of spur into this next point here is, is a very impactful one that we're gonna break her out a little bit here in the different ways, but it's from John Stott, and it says this, there is perhaps no greater secret of progress in Christian living than a healthy, hearty, spiritual appetite. There's perhaps no greater secret. There's no greater secret sauce. There's no greater identifier. There's no greater like key that's going on that's happening in, a, in the progress of a Christian's living than having a healthy and hearty spiritual appetite. You ever been without an appetite? There's not many times in my life that I've just not had an appetite. Again, I'm a big guy. I like to eat. But I, you know, when, that, when you get sick and you're not feeling good and mom or dad comes in and says, hey, honey, you want me to make your bowl of soup? no. No, I don't feel like it. You ever work outside in the middle of the Gulf Coast summer and you're working outside, you mow your grass, you blow that thing, you blow all the leaves off, you, you edge everything, you weed eat everything that you're doing and you look back and it's lunchtime. But you don't want nothing to eat. You're just hot, just give me a cold drink. I'll sit down right out here and enjoy this cold drink. There's times when you don't have an appetite, but the question here is more so along the lines of why are reasons that we don't have a spiritual appetite? What are things that cause us not to have a spiritual appetite? There's four things I'm gonna share with you, and then I'm gonna give you the kind of the nuggets at the end of, of how to, to make those right, and I'm gonna do it in about 15 minutes. And then we're gonna go get hungry and, and eat, right? So what are, what's the first reason that we do not have a spiritual appetite? Number one is that we're not alive. We're not alive. That we are dead in our sin. We could talk about it like we did in the first beatitude. We say that we're spiritually bankrupt. That we are poor in spirit. That we are dead in our sin. The word righteousness in Matthew 5, 6 is the word for justification. Is that same type of word that when we've been justified by faith in Jesus that our lives are changed. This is what, what he's talking about here in that righteousness thing. And we could talk about it in, in, in a way that we have been made alive or something has been brought to our attention. 
I think about, again, I'm talking about food here. We're talking about hunger and thirst. So I'm, I'm gonna re- reference food a good bit in this thing. But, you know, I didn't care for shellfish for a long time. Really not my thing. Down here, everybody eats shellfish. I didn't really care for crabs or whatever else. Don't know that I ever had lobster. Then one day, you know, I was like, I just don't like lobster. You want some lobster? No, I don't like lobster. No, I don't like it. You, want, you sure you don't want some? I don't like lobster. I'm good. I don't, I'm good. No. One day, we're at Rack House with like a Christmas party thing or something. That char-grilled lobster tail? Man. I was enlightened. I'm telling you. It was brought to my attention that lobster tails are really good if they're done right. I was made alive in something that this is good. It was brought to my attention that there's something in my life that I was missing, that there was something that just wasn't quite there. And now there's a longing in my soul (laughs) for some grilled lobster tail. (laughs) Just kidding. But when, think, when we're not alive in something and we don't understand or we don't know something, we're missing something. That's kind of what I'm at, where I'm at today is that if we're not alive, we're missing out. And there's things that we don't know we need. Last night we said, if we, or last week, we said if we delight in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. And as we do this, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, as we we taste and see that the Lord is good, as we take on new things of Christ, as we learn more and more about Christ, our desires and our appetites change, just like mine did for that lobster. When I found that, when I delighted in that thing, now there's something that my appetite has changed. There's something about it that has changed. And if we'll delight ourselves in the Lord, our appetites will begin to change. 1 Peter 2 and 2 He says, like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Hunger and thirst after God is a natural response after salvation. Kind of like when babies are born. When babies are born, I mean, I have three beautiful children, and I remember no matter the scenario, as soon as they came out, they were hungry. It was natural for them. It's, it's natural. It's, it's weird to me when you take a, a, you know, a baby and you put a baby. They know what to do with this baby bottle. They know, they know what to do. I don't understand it. It's, but it's a natural response that they know what to do and how to receive nourishment. That they are longing for that, that pure spiritual milk. And that's what they're longing for. And when we accept Jesus Christ in our life, that is the natural response that comes from us. That we would long for Jesus Christ and that we would hunger for that pure spiritual milk. And as we grow older and we grow older and grow older in our walk with Jesus Christ, we have to remember the joy of our salvation. We have to remember the joy when we first met Jesus Christ. We have to remember that joy that comes out. Uh, You know, I remember when my stepbrother accepted Jesus Christ, I remember the first day, the next morning, he said, Mom, Mom, I'm in the book of Lambs. And there was the conversation about the Lamb's book of life somewhere in there. And that was his first thing is when he woke up in the morning. I'm in the book of Lambs because he was excited. He got it all wrong, but it didn't matter. He was excited that he had accepted Jesus in his heart. And we have to remember that joy of our salvation. If we're not alive in Jesus Christ, we're not having that appetite for him. And we need to be made alive. Number two. Some reasons that we're not spiritually, our appetite isn't there is that we're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed. Now, I'm not talking about overwhelmed like the uh, Auburn quarterback was yesterday in the middle of that game. 
when uh, LSU surrounded him, that he ran all over the field and was overwhelmed by the defense, but he wasn't. He wasn't. There was a, just a little touchdown. Sorry. Bo owes me, by the way, for that one. <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of overwhelmed. I'm not talking about a place where you're just overwhelmed with stuff and whatever. I'm talking about when you're overwhelmed to the, to the point of you're about to break down. I have a generator, and sometimes when I put too much strain on that generator, there's a little light that says overload, overload, overload. And if you feel that engine of that generator, it's hot because it's been overwhelmed by, by the things that are being used. It's being overwhelmed to the point where if I don't stop, it could melt, it could burn up, it could break down. That's what we're talking about where he's talking about overwhelmed. We're talking about to the point where you are just worked and worked to the point of melting and everything's about to crumble around you. Psalms 61, Psalmist says this, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that is higher than I. Life is full of opportunities for us to be overwhelmed. Full of opportunities for us to be overwhelmed by the things that are going on. So the question today is, what are you overwhelmed by? Are you overwhelmed by sin? Are you overwhelmed by that, that continual thorn in the flesh sin that continues to, continues to trip you up? Is that something that's overwhelming you today? Is there, are you overwhelmed by grief? You have many, many opportunities to be grieved and to be suffering and dealing with grief in today's time. Are you overwhelmed by that? Are you overwhelmed by fatigue? We need sleep, guys. We need sleep. Are you just simply overwhelmed by fatigue? Are you overwhelmed by stress? Are you overwhelmed by all the things that you've got going on that you're trying to get and the good things? Are you just simply overwhelmed by the stresses of life? And in these moments of being overwhelmed, it's the church's opportunity, to be honest, to shine. Because our culture says for us to cover that up. Our culture says for you to post that nice picture on Instagram of you sitting by the beach with your nice coffee treat and life is good. But in reality, we know you're sitting out there because you're overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed by all the stuff that's going on and you're trying to find, you may be trying to find some satisfaction in something. You know, our culture says that, you know, I'm good, put on a happy face. But the church has an opportunity that we can come to a, a group in a body of believers and we can confess hey, I'm overwhelmed. That's a place for some really great opportunities for things to shine and for God to do some really amazing things in your life and things to be broken in your life. Number three, things can be full. You could be full. You're simply feeding on other things and maybe even good things. You know, it's kind of like why we don't let our kids have dessert before, before dinner. We don't want them to fill themselves up with that little Debbie you know, Swiss cake roll. By the way, you mentioned that the other week. Guess what I did that week? Bought a box of Swiss cake rolls, just saying. <laughs> I hadn't had Swiss cake rolls in years. He mentioned that in the service, and I'm like, I want Swiss cake rolls. <laughs> I don't want my kid, like my kids, she asked for, my daughter, she asked for some those little zebra cakes. You know, she wants zebra cakes now. Like, okay, I'll buy you a box of zebra cakes, but you're not gonna fill up on them before dinner. And that's kind of what we're saying here. We, we can't get full on so much of the other stuff before we get full on the things that, that we need, the nutrients that we need in our life. 
But our lives are so full that at times we just don't have room to hunger and thirst for anything else. They're full with all the things that we have to do. We got things that we could do. They were busy, busy, busy people. We always have something. I want to spend time with my kids on the weekends, but I always find myself, I got to mow the grass. I need to, I need to finish repairing this. I need to fix this. I need to do this. I need to do that. We're full people. If we don't have things to do, we're sitting back in our couches or whatever at the dinner table and we're thinking about, all right, man, what do I got to do tomorrow? I got to go tomorrow. I got to make sure that I'm doing this, this. We got to make sure we get this job done. I got to make sure I turn this paper in. This invoice needs to be done. I got to go. Did I get the laundry in, by the way? Did you see if the laundry was done? The dishes are in the dishwasher. There's always something that we're thinking about. We're thinking about, we're thinking, 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 we're full. And then by the time we go to the couch at night and it's like eight o'clock at night, we've done all the things that we can do. We've thought through all the things at the dinner table, whatever. Then you sit down at the couch and then all of a sudden you start humming this song. Yeah, we're fancy like Applebee's. Like, what in the world? We're full with all this stuff. I mean, I don't even know what the song is. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I'm just like, why am I singing this song? Why am I doing this little, I don't know. We're full, we're social media, we got that, did you see that video? We got some, everything is going through our heads. Everything, we're full, we gotta check our fantasy football, we gotta make sure that we got the golf game set up, we gotta make sure we're getting our nails done. We're full people. And I'm, that's an exaggerative statement there in a lot of ways, but it's the truth. How many times do we have opportunities just to sit back and chill and do nothing? How many times do we have an opportunity to actually hunger and thirst for righteousness? And I'll say it this way. How many opportunities do you give your children to do that? How many opportunities do you give your child? Do you stick your child in every single thing? And I don't want to dance on this one too much here. But do we, do we make our lives so busy for our children that we don't give our children the opportunity to hunger and thirst after Jesus? That's a hard one. You know, we, we give them all sorts of stuff and we want them to be happy because I asked my daughter the other day, she's six, I asked her, I said, so why do you always want to watch that iPad? Because she always wants to come over and ask for the iPad and she's like, because it's happy and I like watching it. Like, when are we, when, how do we teach our children to hunger and thirst after God and the things of God? Proverbs 27, seven, one who is full loathes honey. But to the one at hungry, everything bitter is sweet. If we're full, all we want is that little after-dinner Andy's mint. It's all you want. You want the things that taste good, that make you feel good, that give you a little sweet treat. But if we're hungry, everything, we're taking everything in. We're taking everything in. We're taking all the things of God in. We're taking everything that God says to us. We're taking that in. We're spiritually hungry. Everything, this, this, the Bible, we're just consuming everything that's coming in because I'm hungry. I don't just need the, you know, the quick psalm for the day. I don't need just the quick devotion for the day. I'm hungry for God. That's where we need to be. Lastly, inactive. We're inactive. And I don't say that as a point of telling you, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. That's not where we're coming from in this. We're coming from a place of, of love in this. We're coming from a place in love that we need to be active in the kingdom of God. There's an illustration about the Dead Sea and the Red Sea. We're talking about this week, and the Red Sea is a major, major maritime thoroughfare. It's a major thing. It connects Europe to Asia. I read when I was just kind of giving little facts, it said there was 25 million barrels of oil flow through the Red Sea on a daily basis. 
I tried to go back and fact check it. I couldn't figure it out. But when I was like 25 million barrels, this is a major, major place. There's a place something's coming in, something's going out, and it is a hearty, just wonderful, vibrant body of water. However, the Dead Sea, on the other hand, it's the lowest point on the Earth's surface. And it's dead because there's the, the high salinity, the, the high salt content that is a part of, of in this Dead Sea. But there is zero outlets of water coming out of the Dead Sea. Zero outlets. There's nothing that li- there's, there's no organisms, no marine organisms that can live there. And there's, there's nothing flowing. It is just a stale, stagnant body of water. We don't talk about getting inactive because we want you to do something because of, of that. We're telling you we want you to be active because there's something healthy that comes out of being active. It's healthy. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, whoever brings blessings will be enriched. And who, one who waters will himself be watered. It's saying if you give, it's, it's gonna come back. That if you're bringing blessings, you're going to be enriched. That if you are watering the seed that someone's planted, that you yourself will be watered. We've got to be a church and we've got to be a people that are active. Serving one another, blessing one another, helping one another. All within limits, of course. We're talking about being full and overwhelmed. But we have to be people that are active. So regardless of where you are in this kind of little four-point checkup, the reality and the, 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 the nuggets at the end are simple, that we all want to be satisfied. We all want to be full. We don't want just a teaser or a taste. Somewhere along the lines, if you're honest with yourself, you're honest with, your, with what's going on, you want to be satisfied and want to be full. So here are your four questions today. Are you alive? Are you alive? Today, have you decided to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, or are you still dead in your own sin? Are you still struggling with your own sin and have never given the opportunity to say, God, I need you in my life? The relief of that examination is to surrender to Christ. Surrender to Christ. Let Jesus Christ come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, cleanse you and make you whole and be the Lord of your life. There's your relief. If today you're saying you're just, I'm overwhelmed, your relief comes by sharing and confessing to those people that love Jesus and they're there for you, that are here for you, and that love Jesus with you. It's a great place and one of the biggest reasons probably that we have small groups is a place of, of pastoral care and love where people can come together and they can gather together and say, hey, I'm struggling, I'm overwhelmed. My, over, my overheat button is, is, is lit up. I need some help. Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me and pray, ask God to help me that I will come to the rock that is higher than I? Are you full? Are you full today? Are you just filled up with so much stuff? I want to encourage you, examine your diet. Examine what your diet, examine what your priorities are. What are your priorities? What things come before your hunger and thirst for God? 
If that video game is that important, more important than God, there's, there's, some, there's some other issues. What are your priorities? If that, if that outing is more important, whatever it is, I don't know. But what are your priorities? What is your diet? What are you intaking on a daily basis that's keeping you to hunger and from hungering and thirsting for God? And are you inactive? Are you inactive today? Are you saying, Scott, I'm just a, I'm a consumer. I just come and consume and, and I, I, go, I go about my week. I spend it all and I come back and I consume. I go all week and I spend it all. Are you serving? Are you involved? Are you helping others? Are you encouraging others? Get involved. Let, as you water, let the water come to you. As you're giving to other people, let that be given back to you. Amen? Amen.